Good evening, everyone. Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to Inner Visions of the Inspired Obtaining Happiness. Now, I wanted to add a, you know, I want to add a segment because I wanted to show support to two countries, um, all countries that listen to this podcast. I want to say I love you and what I will do. I'll make sure I make a segment for each country since you've taken the time to show support for me. I'm going to take the time to show support to you guys. And this year, we're going to talk about the culture of the Philippines. And we're going to talk about the culture of Kingston, Jamaica. Let's start off with the Philippines. The history. People have lived in the Philippines since the dawn of the human history highlight. Originally, the various islands were populated by competing tribes, each with their own king or queen. This is the from the iExplore website. You know, I'm getting a little familiar myself. In 1521, the explorer Magellan claimed the island for Spain and colonization began in 1565. Manila was established as the capital of what was then known as the Spanish East Indies in 1571. But also, too, there were witnesses they saw and look at the Philippines as of darker complexion during um, ancient times um, where they had some witness women with curly hair looking like it was, it feels like it was woolly hair. Same with the males. They uh, take pride in their families, in their culture, I'm going to read the Spanish rule brought Catholicism to the area with missionaries establishing churches, schools, hospitals, universities, and largely displacing the previous entrenched Hindu, Islamic, and Buddhist faiths. So it became a Christianized country. All right. Three priests were executed. Bagum Bayum. Now, Rizal Park for tradition, which sparked a movement for political reform. Early lobbyists were executed when prompt Andres Benefacio to establish a secret society for independence known as the Ketipunan in 1892. The Philippine American War between American soldiers and Filipino revolutionaries lasted from 1899 to 1902 and resulted in U.S. control of the region during which literacy increased and freedom of religion was introduced, removing Catholicism status as a state religion. American promises of independence in 1916 led to the Philippines being granted Commonwealth status in 1935. They were invaded by Japan during World War II, which was a dark time when so many Filipinos died, over a million people. 
Then you had the assassination of the opposition leader, Benigno, Nino Aquino Jr. In 1983, increased political pressure for reform. The culture of the Philippines comprised of a blend of traditional Filipino and Spanish Catholic traditions with influences from American and other parts of Asia. Like I said before, it was like a Buddhist Muslim culture with more dark-skinned Filipinos that was uh, that was around in the region at that time. Now the Filipinos, the Filipinos are often they were family-oriented and often religious, with an appreciation for art, fashion, music, and food. A lot of Spanish food cuisines um, that I would look up. Um, yes, hold on. I'm going to Alright. They have Panzit influence from the Chinese. Let me let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you. Lumpia. Lumpia is a delicious deep fried spring roll stuffed with a mixture of minced meat and chopped vegetables. Panzit. Pancit or pancit or noodles that can be mixed with whatever meat, vegetable, your stomach desires. Um, you see it in Panda Express. You see it in a lot of um, Korean food restaurants. It is very popular in the Philippines. Chicken adobo it is influenced by the Spanish, one of the most well-known dishes on our list. Yes. As some vinegar, crushed garlic, some chickens, soy sauce, and black pepper. Lish flan. You have curry, curry. It's a stew with vegetables, oxtail, and thick savory peanut sauce. Originated before the Spanish arrived to the Philippines. Sisig is a fatty meat dish with Pickhead and liver marinated with vinegar, soy sauce, calamans, juice, and chili peppers. They have so many great dishes. They really do. Um, that's right. Let me see here. Hold on one second. Hold on. The Philippines is a culture in which East meets West. The Filipino people have a distinct Asian background with a strong Western tradition. Filipino people tend to be more hospitable, especially to Western visitors because of their strong ties to the Spanish culture. Filipinos are emotional and passionate about their life in a way that seems more Latin than Asian. This is easily seen as the works of contemporary artists such as Rodi Herrera. Family is the basic and most 
important aspect of Filipino culture. Divorce is prohibited and annulments, I'm sorry, annulments are rare. The family is the safety net for individuals, especially older people during difficult economic times. Political and business ties are often influenced by family relationship. More than 80% of the population of Philippines is Roman Catholic fiestas in honor of the patron saint of a town are quite common. Catholicism or criticism of the Catholic Church is not taken lightly and should be avoided. Now, anyone with a valid passport may enter the Philippines for up to 21 days without a visa. All travelers should keep in mind, however, that cost 500 pesos, well, five, well, P500 to leave the country, or meaning $50. The Philippines has much to offer tours and sightseers, mountains, beaches, caves, markets filled with exotic goods. Hotel range about $50 per night to several hundred dollars per night. A tax of 15% is added to the cost of each. Room is a beautiful place where it's more like an island meets the mountains. Now we're going to go to Kingston, Jamaica. Let's talk about Kingston, Jamaica. Kingston was founded in 1692 as a place for survivors of the earthquake that destroyed Port Royal. It's located on the southeastern coast of the island. It is both the capital and largest city of Jamaica. Kingston is the seat of government in Jamaica and the island's business capital. Even with the many opportunities for business, the resort area of Kingston is also known for cultural, educational, and leisure options. Number four is the largest botanical gardens in the Caribbean, 2,000 acres. Hope Gardens is home to many indigenous plants as well as coconut museums. But Kingston, Jamaica is also very political. You have a lot of countrymen and women. They take pride in their color. They take pride in their culture. They take pride in their, uh, you know, their fight against the political giants. So they're very political every time you, you know, sit and have a talk with them. All right. They have the best ice cream, pastry, gourmet cuisine, Jamaican gems. Um, some have curry chicken, but it's mostly like an island. An island filled, you know, is filled with beautiful sights, beautiful people. It's the home to um, the great Bob Marley. Get up, stand up, 
Stand up for your right. Bob Marley was one of the greatest artists to ever come out of Jamaica. People say um, Usain Bolt as far as the athlete. Okay, I get it. Um, People don't know that Patrick Ewing, um, the NBA Hall of Famer for the New York Knicks, is from Kingston, Jamaica. Did you guys know that? Yes, Patrick Ewing is from Kingston, Jamaica. Um, I think I, I will say that he's one of the greatest athletes to, came, to come out of Kingston, Jamaica. But Bob Marley's one of the great um, artists to come out of there. Bob Marley was very political. Um, he spoke his mind when it comes to religion. He spoke his mind when it comes to the black culture. And he uh, spoke his mind about what is oppressing his people and what is oppressing the Kingston, Jamaica. Jamaica is by far one of the most beautiful countries in the world. Please check it out. I would love to check it out with my wife and son. It's a beautiful place to be in. Much love to the people in Kingston, Jamaica. Thank you guys for listening to my podcast, The Philippines. People who are in the Philippines, um, I believe it's a country in Baju. And there's a few other countries that I can't pronounce, to be honest. I got to look at it, but I want to say thank you for tuning in to the uh, podcast. I'm going to do the same thing for other countries that have taken the time. Um, Alberta, Canada is really is very big on hockey, very big on multiculturalism, very big in hockey, but very big in wrestling. You see a lot of uh, wrestlers that come, they're from Canada, but they come here in America to make a name for themselves. Um, it's cold, but it's also a beautiful place to be. So much love to Alberta, Canada. Much love, much love, much love. But everybody, um, I just wanted to uh, let everyone know that um, some of the segments, they were from past episodes. I blend them together for a little remix that I did, which deals with big city life, the message from the beautiful Asia. Um And this segment here, I'm giving a special shout out to Kingston, Jamaica, and um, the Philippines. Much love to everybody. Much love. Everybody, enjoy the rest of the show. And I will see you next time. See you tomorrow. Much love.
This is the Inner Visions Remix.
Every moment in life is a bet. Like betting on taking a hitchhiker tailgating. the sounds of the Blackbirds City Life and then following the Blackbirds was Cool in the Gang in the 19 
74 album, Wild and Peaceful. Their hot chart, I'm sorry, their hot chart topping hit, Hollywood Swinging, was very popular. And everyone got on the dance floor once that song hit the floor. Everybody hit the floor. Everybody hit the floor. (laughs) But we're going to bring on this next song by the Tramps. Body Contact. Yes. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. And this song is in 1977 in their chart topping album, Disco Inferno.
TV has no hidden fees and includes unlimited DVR space. YouTube TV. Try and it free. And some more sounds by the Tramps. Morning, you should have something tasty and simple like this thing. They were talking about the blackout in New York City in 1977. 
Big city life, big city problems, big city stress. For some Americans, many Americans, they live in big cities. And some, they can't handle it. The demands were high. The rent is high. The economy is not what it's supposed to be. There's opportunities, but very little pay. You have to be an entrepreneur, actor, actress, big time athlete to even fit in the big city. And that's where mental health illness kicks in because they felt like they don't have a chance. They feel like in this big city, they don't have enough money to live well. Expectations are high. That means the stress is high too. Yep. So we're going to um, watch a video, but I wanted to share with you this. Um, Many people who live in big cities, uh, nine times out of ten, they move out because, one, they make enough money, but the rent is so high that they live paycheck to paycheck. That also goes with entrepreneurs. They live in big cities, making a whole lot of money. But when it's time for rent or even mortgage, they couldn't afford it because the rent keeps increasing and increasing and increasing. And then on the landlord side, you have some landlords who go bankrupt, even be evicted themselves because even during the pandemic where there was a rent freeze and landlords were losing a lot of money, they lose the investments, they get evicted the pressure is on them to maintain payments and their investments all of a sudden go downhill. So it was also hell for investors too during that time. And it was hell for the renters as well. So it elevated their stress level and to the point where they get admitted to the hospital at a three-quarter rate. A lot of it's big city life. Some of it is probably dealing with dieting, a lack of rest and meditation. They're too focused on work after they get home. They don't know how to relax. They don't know how to separate work from home. And it carries on and it builds up stress. Your home is supposed to be the castle. Your home is supposed to be the sanctuary. The home is supposed to 
Recharge and cleanse your crown chakra known as the mind, a.k.a. brain. That's right. So I am going to play a clip. Yep. Going to play a clip in um, where people would say about Los Angeles, where they did a story on it. We're going to listen to um, Big Vic Media on YouTube play a video. It's only like six minutes, but I, but I think people. I think some of you great people need to be informed of what is happening in California. Filmmaker, editor, videographer, anything like that, chances are you probably already thought about moving to LA if you're not in a major hub of a city. Today I'm going to be talking about different costs of rent in Los Angeles. And a lot of you probably already know back in April, probably the worst timing ever with COVID, I signed a lease to live in Los Angeles part-time. And going forward, if you guys have any questions about what that was like for me, uh, I'd be happy to answer them because I feel like there's not a ton of resources out there. So without further ado, let's get into it. So I didn't just Google these different things and look for apartments online. What I did was I just reached out to people that I knew and ask them if they want to participate in this, tell me where they live, what kind of place they live in, and then how much a month it is for rent. So if you know nothing about LA, uh, from my experience, it's that downtown LA and then the Santa Monica area, that whole area is kind of where you'll be going a lot. But obviously it's gonna be more expensive to live in that area because then you're cutting down on the commute. Why wouldn't everyone wanna live there? So the place I'm staying at is in Northridge, out in the valley, it's a decent commute in if there's no traffic it's about 25 minutes to downtown la or to santa monica area but if there's traffic lord knows how long it's going to take you so i'm going to start off the place i'm living at the house is a five bedroom five bathroom so that means you can have five roommates and you don't have to share a bathroom which is great uh, in that place, the rent came in at a whopping $38.50, which might sound like a lot to you if you don't live in LA right now, but that's actually very affordable when you split it between five people at $770 a person. And honestly, I kind of have the shortest end of the stick in that house because I just have a room and a bathroom. But one of my roommates has the master bedroom, so the master bathroom as well. And then he also has a studio out in the backyard that was part of the guest house. Another one of my roommates has his bedroom, his bathroom, plus a studio on the inside of the house. Now, another one of my roommates had a really big bedroom. I never actually saw inside, but everyone said it was super big. And my other roommate lives out in the guest house and it's a pretty sweet spot. Before we move on, I wanna to talk to you about some of the other payments that came along with that house. So every two months you would have to pay the LADWP, which is the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power. Kind of sucks as bi-monthly and God, those payments are so much compared to where I live in Reno. Uh, so the bi-monthly payment would be somewhere around like $1,600 to $2,000, which is like, oh my God. 
like I couldn't imagine living there on my own and having to pay that amount. That's nuts. I mean, to put that in perspective, if I was paying bi-monthly here in Reno, ours would be like $300. Crazy. So that would basically equate to us paying like two, $300 a person every two months for that. And then you have your internet and then we also had a house cleaner, stuff like that. So basically a month I'm spending about that. Okay, uh, enough with that. Uh, let's go to something else. Sorry, I just... How do we demonstrate our unmovable strength? Where was that, so, uh... Despite the fact that California has rent control, rent in California has skyrocketed with a 20 to 30% increase. It's a great short-term band-aid, and when rent control was first created by the federal government around the world wars, uh, they knew it was a temporary measure. It wasn't meant to be something that's in place for more than 40 years. And that's the disaster that we've created in the state of California. These are not appropriate measures to encourage housing and encourage affordable housing. My guest today is Daniel Yukelson, executive director at the Apartment Association of Greater Los Angeles. Today, he'll explain the multiple factors causing rent prices to increase and what needs to change in order to provide affordable housing in California. Government shooting itself in the foot. Property taxes go up every year. Cost of labor today and supplies because the supply chain shortages are just crazy. We're in a high inflationary environment yet cities like LA and Beverly Hills have frozen any kind of rent increases and also made it very difficult for owners to collect rent because of these moratoriums and all that stuff just snowballs and the costs have gone up and when owners do have a vacant unit just to stay afloat they need to increase their rent in that kind of environment. I'm Siamai Korami, welcome to California Insider. Thank you, thanks for having me. We want to talk to you about rents and rent control. One of the things that we've seen is that California rents are up through the roof. Some statistics say over 20%. Anecdotally, what I've seen in some places, the rents are up 30%. We also have the rent control in California, which is supposed to be 5% plus inflation, which shouldn't be more than 10 to 12%. We want to talk to you about this. What are your thoughts on rent being up? Is there any reason that you say? Well, you have too many people chasing too few units that are available. You know, since the 1970s, since we started implementing all these regulations like rent control and just cause eviction and right to counsel, the construction in the state of California has really stopped in terms of multifamily housing because the regulatory burden is just too excessive. And there's very little upside for developers um, to go into a market and build more housing, particularly affordable housing. And what you're seeing by large rent increases, number one, it's always been a supply and demand issue. And the regulations have not only stifled more housing construction, mm -hmm. but it's really forced a lot of people to want to get out of the business. And we're seeing that even more today after having two years of eviction moratoriums and in some jurisdictions freezes on any rent increases 
And what people need to understand is the majority of apartment owners in the state of California, something like 82% are what we call small business mom and pop owners. These are people that have made passive investments in rental properties, uh, perhaps uh, own four to eight units, typically one building, sometimes two. And they really made these investments for their retirements uh, rather than taking a risk, putting their money into stocks and bonds on Wall Street. They decided to invest in real estate, which you know, traditionally has been a very stable business to be in in the United States. And there's always been upside on your investment. You build equity over the years. And, you know, when you need it in your retirement, you can sometimes sell the property or it's something that it gets inherited by your children down the road. And, you know, these, these people are, are really part-time operators. They're, they're like me. I own six rental property units and I have a full-time job. And so these people can't keep up with all these regulations and they're literally uh, running scared out of the business. They're selling their properties. These properties are either being converted to condominiums or being redeveloped into luxury buildings. And you know that's really what's been added to the California market these days in terms of rental property are these high amenity luxury buildings that have extremely high rental costs that the average person can't afford. You know, the price of land, the price of construction because of all the regulations in California make it so expensive to build. It costs something like $650,000 to $700,000 just to build a one-bedroom unit today in California. And most people can't afford that. That turns into very high rents. And so uh, we're not building affordable housing. And the rents are increasing because what's coming online are very expensive luxury apartments that you know, we really don't need so much of that in California. We need more affordable housing, and the government needs to get together with the industry and provide some incentives to build something more affordable. Now, one other phenomenon that we have seen is that the vacancies um, are very low, so meaning that uh, a lot of the houses are full of, you know, there's not that many apartments available on the market for rent. And we are hearing that there's multiple offers. So it's, you list an apartment for rent and you get like 50 people <laughs> coming and applying. Why do you think these vacancies went up? Is it because of the eviction moratorium? Something happened. Well, All of a sudden there is... Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're now coming out of this two-year cycle of the pandemic. But what we saw and, you know, my... Uh, one four-unit building is a case in point. I had a vacancy early on in the COVID days, uh, back in you know, mid-2020, and I was very concerned you know, when my tenant decided to move out and go live outside of Los Angeles. A lot of people were leaving urban areas, and um, I also own property further north, and I saw a huge demand up in areas like Santa Barbara and San Luis Obispo County because people just want it out of the city. They do not want to live in these small boxes and be so closely cohabitating with other people and when people were getting sick. And so I, I was fortunate. I ultimately did lease my vacant unit back then, but you know, I literally got two or three people to look at it and just by luck I happened to find somebody. But you know, it took me over 30 days to lease it, which is unusual in the Los Angeles market. Now fast. This is the Epoch Times in Los Angeles, California. <clears throat> it was a good interview. Um, 
it was actually a half hour long, but I've cut it off like six or seven minutes into it. But I wanted to give you my suggestions that I wanted to give to you great people. Special shout out to the great people over in Nigeria who is uh, listening to my show in in the Philippines. Much love to you guys. Alberta, Canada. Special shout out to you. Um, special shout out to Finland. The Netherlands that is listening to my show. Dubai, Tokyo, Japan. Even Los Angeles, California, all the way up to Jackson, Mississippi. Much love, much love. Much love to everybody tuning in. But um, I have some suggestions that people need to hear. Um, it might not be right to you, but, you know, it, it's just a slight suggestion, you know, out of the kindness of my heart, you know, speaking from, from kindness, speaking out of love. Um, one, uh, before you move into a big city, if you are accepted by a big market job, do study on the housing market first before you decide to make that big jump. Do that research first. Don't just accept don't don't just accept a position and then you know you you know there's apartment or housing market that is so expensive monthly that you can't even afford it. Excuse me. So it's yeah, that that will be that'll be hard. You know, don't don't do like I've been doing. Live above your means because it's going to catch up with you sooner or later. And it will be financial stress and burden on you. You don't want that. All right. Let's talk about another thing you want to do. If you're living in a big city... You have a job and you have housing. You can't afford your rent. You have family here in the big city. But you have you don't have family outside of the city. But yet you look for a job that's outside of your hometown. The rent is affordable, but the pay is astronomically great. Once you do proper research, do what's right for you. Make that move. Make that move to ease the financial burden. Because it's about obtaining your happiness. It's about obtaining your mental health. Because you want to have a sound mind when you're making all kinds of decisions. All right. So always do your research and always ask people, you know, look at the reviews. Always look at the reviews before you make that 
leap of faith to go to a place that you think is your dream home or something that you think is comfortable for you. But when you go there and you realize that eh, it's too much, then it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to pay it all at once. All right. Another thing, see what you can scale back. Push come to shove. Just if you have a phone bill that's too high, scale back. Internet, if it's too high, scale back a little bit. Car payment. Try to prevent a car payment. The last resort is bankruptcy. That's the last resort. I don't want I don't want to see people get into bankruptcy. But try to find ways to talk to your creditor. You see what they can do to ease your mind. You want to have a peace of mind, then find a way to communicate. Communicate with your lender. That's what I want you wonderful people to do. All right. So I want to Okay, this is going to be for a little bit. When you serve a better ingredients, better pizza, you also get better There's another little mini documentary of the don'ts of Los Angeles. Now you know I love Los Angeles. You know, it's a good place to visit. It's a good place to travel. But as far as living, uh, it's kind of hard. You got to be a big time business person. Your venture capital has to be has to be in the millions. So make sure you're paying attention when you're going to be driving around town because a 20-minute ride can turn into a 60- or 70-minute ride just like that when it comes to traffic. So plan ahead, plan your trips during the day. If you're going to be using Uber and Lyft, plan around those peak times because, oh, my God, the, the surge pricing for them can make a $7 you know, trip into like a $37 trip. But really, I think where the biggest one is, is planning your time if you're getting out to the airports. Make sure you're planning around that because they're not going to hold the plane for you because you got stuck in traffic. Everybody gets stuck in traffic here in L.A. It's just a way of life, okay? So just relax. Realize that's just part of it, okay? <coughs> now, another don't I have for you when you come to L.A., a lot of times when you have a city, there's like a downtown center area you go for, and that has all the sites. Well, L.A. does have a downtown L.A., but I do have a don't for you. Don't really think you need to go to downtown L.A. because... If you want to go to the Getty, no, it's not there. The Getty Villa, no, it's not there. Oh, Beverly Hills, nope. Hollywood, nope. Hmm. Oh, to the beaches, nope. It's not really, it's not really packed with lots of stuff as a tourist that you want to do. And I'll talk about later uh, in terms of uh, the the glamour versus the grime of L.A. 
but honestly, downtown is not necessarily packed full of sites, okay? So if you're kind of listing out the place you want to go here in LA, maybe you have Santa Monica and Venice Beach, and you got Beverly Hills and Hollywood, and you got, oh, they're going to the San Fernando Valley, and I want to go up there. I'll be honest with you, downtown will probably, unless you're taking the train from Union Station or you're using the metro, you're probably not going to be wanting to go downtown. And, and one of the reasons why is our third don't, and that is don't mess with the homeless people when you are here. You will see a lot of homeless people here in LA. I mean, a lot. Whether you're on the beaches here or you're downtown, there is Skid Row. It's downtown. But also, if you're randomly on side streets, you're randomly by restaurants, fast food joints, you will see homeless people all over LA. Now, it's not everywhere, every single spot, but there is a big homeless problem here, and they're working on it. But for you as a tourist, I recommend don't mess with them because some, yes, are, are using drugs, and some do have mental illness. You do want to be careful when you're here. Most of the time, they're not going to bother you at all, but I do not recommend you go up and, like, go explore in one of the camps in some of the parks. That would not be a good idea. <laughs> now, another don't I have for you is uh, don't bother with public <clears throat> transportation when you come to L.A. Look, this is a car city. You will be driving around. Now, some people, they'll be rent cars. Some people do Uber and stuff. But honestly, public transportation is not super helpful, okay? The buses, yeah, I probably wouldn't recommend using them. It's probably not your jam, okay? The subway or the metro they have here, it can be helpful if you're in downtown and you want to go to the Santa Monica. Yeah, it goes to Santa Monica. You can go out there and it can stop in Hollywood. So there are some stops that can help you. But the metro, the subway doesn't really go a lot of places for a tourist that's going to be helpful for you. So don't plan on, you know, the public transportation to help you when you're here. And so you're probably going to be using a lot of Ubers and Lyfts when you're here or you're going to be driving. I would say for the Ubers and Lyfts, don't order your Ubers and Lyfts you know, during peak hours because the prices will skyrocket during that, okay? Plan to avoid as much of the rush hour traffic as you can. Don't try to be any place between 8 and 9. Maybe get there at for 10 or 11 o'clock arrival. The thing is, it doesn't matter how you're getting your... Okay, that's enough. <laughs> there are beautiful places in big cities, but when it tampers... With your health, when it increases your stress level, then it's time to make an adjustment or it's time to make a change. So there's nothing wrong with living in a big city as long as you're financially and metaphysically able to carry on the load of responsibility. Because every job, every career or every business that you own or have as far as you know is very demanding jobs are very demanding your own business can be very demanding clientele can be very demanding even going to place to place in your um leisure time very demanding <laughs> that is the life of the big city All right. So like I said, just pray, meditate, do your research, do your homework, look into it. If it's going to put you in massive debt, then just take a step back and say, no, nah, it's probably not for me. But that's going to do it for our podcast tonight. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And remember, always make the impossible possible. 
Because with that connection with the creator, you could do anything you want to do. As long as you step out on faith after prayer. Until next time, be safe, stay blessed, with no stress. Much love. Ladies and gentlemen, Kush Nubit.
And that's the sound of Kush Nubit. She has been self-teaching herself to play the piano since she was very young, at 12 or 13 years of age. Um, She is a student of music. She is the student of Afrocentric culture with eclectic music. She is the founder of Behind the Veal Music in Chicago, Illinois. She is the hottest music producer, songwriter that has graced Chicago, Illinois that people don't necessarily talk about. Um, the Brew Live. Um, she has so many talented people around her. Um, so many talented artists who um, they look up to her. And I, I love talking with her. I did an Instagram Live with her. And it is awesome. You will learn a lot from her as far as black spirituality, um, her um, her real thoughts on religion, politics. She's very brilliant. So she looks at things in a spiritual nature. I'm trying to get to that point, you know, but she is extremely elevated outside of space. So special shout out to Miss Kush Nubit. And now, the next segment is going to talk about the beautiful Asia and how Asia has really, well, I'm actually keeping on this segment right here instead of putting it on the next segment. The beautiful Asia, she is an activist. Um, she is a spiritual advisor, black spirituality. Um, She is the founder of a successful Queens by All Means business, which is one of the best in the country. She is well-respected and well-recognized by so many people in the uh, 5% nation of gods and herbs and, um, and even in the nation of Islam. So so much love and support for this sister. Um, a lot of people in Newark, New Jersey know who she is. Um, even some people in the music industry, especially in hip-hop in general. So um, what I am going to do, well, I've been following her for, um, to be quite honest, I've been following the beautiful Asia. I've been cool with her, friends with her for 16 years. All right, we just recently see each other on Instagram. Um, I haven't necessarily seen her before until um, until this year, to be honest. When she came and uh, did a live with me, and it's something that I won't forget. She's one of my mentors, and I got nothing but love for my good friend, the beautiful Ciasia. Um she is all over the place. She did, um, you know, promoting self-awareness of knowledge of self in the Queens, by all means, in Florida, North Carolina, where she now 
resides. Um, I don't know where, but I want to keep it that way. Um, she goes to her hometown, New Jersey, parts of Virginia, Puerto Rico, and other countries. She is very, very spiritual. And what I am going to do right now is I am going to um, play a video, which has really, I think I played it before, but it's very inspiring and very conservative, um, you know, and very uplifting. Yes, very uplifting. So I want everybody to listen because she has a lot of great things to say. A lot of great things. So, hey, sit back, relax, let's get educated, let's activate our crown chakra level, because the beautiful Sea Asia has spoken. Let's listen in. All right. Um, I'm gonna rewind it a little bit because we got. I I gotta. I, I I need to hear a lot of it because she can inspire a nation. She really can. Let's let's listen. Label themselves black or white at the time it's time to pursue a goal. I gotta rewind it. How, how interested would you be to go see a black movie where we are empowered? It seems like we'll spend $20 for one person. $20 for one person. That's just the admission. To go see us as victims. And you wonder why. You wonder why you'll take somebody like Corby Booker. Now, I had a problem with Corby Booker. I'm talking to Norkas, and everybody knows who Corby Booker is for the most part because he is a celebrity mayor or was a celebrity mayor. He's made himself known on the circuit all around the world, pretty much. So let's take our former mayor of Nork, Corey Booker. At one time, I had a problem with Corey. I did, Corey. I had a problem with you because I, I, I just wasn't understanding your program. And there's some, still some things I'm just not with that you have left or he had left behind. I'm not talking to him. That brother somewhere else and I don't blame him. But I understand that because and the reality is that in order for you to get where you want to go, you can't see yourself in no color. Power is colorless. Ambition has no color. Ambition just is. Ambition is just a spirit, right? You can't even see it. It's a force. So the minute a person label themselves black or white at the time it's time to pursue a goal like Senate, he can't think about his blackness. In fact, if Corey was to have thought about his blackness going to pursue that higher seat, he wouldn't be there today. He wouldn't be there. Why? Because we equate blackness with struggle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We don't even see it in the circuit outside of bouncing a ball, whether it's pigskin football, pigskin basketball, without fumbling the mic on stage, without being drunk, without being in jail, the experience of blackness gotta always be something dramatic in a horrible way. 
If Corey, if Mr. Booker would have thought about the black experience that we just so labeled as, he wouldn't be senator today. If Oprah did not release the fact that she was molested as a child, right? If she didn't release all of those childhood indiscretions that she'd been through, just to at least get to the next stage, she wouldn't be able to claim a, billion, a, a billionaire status today. You see what I'm saying? Like, the minute you claim the downside to the human experience, as if no other race go through it, you know what? How about ask the Philippines how they're doing right now, considering they just went through a typhoon? Why don't you ask the Arabs, such as the Palestinians, or the, uh, Afghans, the Afghanis, or the people over east, or the Syrians, who got war at their doorstep right now, why don't you ask the Iraqis? Ask them how they're doing. And if you tell me if it's just a black problem, why don't you ask people in uh, Kosovo or Russia or, or, or Ukraine or parts of Germany, parts of Italy. Matter of fact, you know why some of the Italians are off the chain, like the Sicilians, the, the, the mob? Because when you study their history, they had struggle in Sicily. In fact, a lot of their villages were taken. The men were taken and killed as well. So you wonder why they thugging today, just like the black man is who's captive today. He's thugging, right? Russians who go through the same thing with their government with poverty. The, the Russian mob, haven't you heard of it? Haven't you heard of the Chinese mob? That is usually the underdog who struggled in poverty. It is not a black issue, cry baby. It is not a black issue, cry baby. You telling me animals don't go through nothing? You telling me animals don't have issues? You telling me animals are at peace right now? I don't think so, act like a bitch. By the black man who going through the same type of strike that, I'm saying, ask the water is it happy right now. Do you know it's only like 10% drinking water left? Let's talk about all of nature. Since nature's not just blackness, let's just talk about all of nature, what, what the creator made. Because the creator made everything. And if you want to talk about God, for all of you God-fearing people and understanding people, then you have to know that God is not just the black experience and our selfish crybaby struggle. God is everything. Everything conscious. Ask the water is it happy when it's 10% of drinking water left. You gotta actually go to the Fiji Islands to get drinking water to sell for it to be pure alkaline. So ask me if nature is happy. Ask, ask the air, if you could talk to the air with all the pollution, same tainting that we go through as a black struggling, unhappy, downtrodden people. Ask the air, does it feel upbeat right now? With our sorry mentality, inhaling it and exhaling it, destroying it with our cars and everything else. Ask the air quality, is it ask the air is it happy about its quality? You see, black people, you are not the only one that slaves. Power is, power does, power is regardless to whom or what. And you think that the people at, because it's more black people on the planet or original people on the planet, of course they'll be more prone to slavery. Because they are the larger population. But if you had an equal pie of all races on the planet, and soon maybe we will, then you will see that slavery or struggle is fair share. But in America, you will not know that because we're in this huge social experiment where all slaves exist. Because this is a melting pot of slaves, indentured servants, 
people who are fled from Japan to China to South America to Mexico to Africa who were all told at home that their home was no good enough or written with war. And they were told that the pie is here in America. And we got people like right up at International House of Pancakes, an African manager who came here at 22, 23 years old in North, only to be killed. How many Africans have we had killed in New York and New Jersey alone, thinking they were doing something better by coming here? You gonna tell me that it ain't no European tourists that came here and got killed, or people of European descent or Canadian descent that didn't die here too? Because everybody has been chased from their home for resources. Wherever there's resources, there's slaves. And that's the entire planet. To feed us, though, the very victims who cry about slavery, we're eating all of the foods and using all of the products that come from these places that sponsor slavery. So what are, you, what are we saying? Ask the Hawaiians what were they subjected to. Everybody has a story. And all of them who understand that this is not just a black issue, this is a universal issue. Because everybody from every nation has a piece of power. The Africans, the Haitians, all of them have somebody in their island or their countryside milking them. Everybody, even the white men, even Iceland, even Greenland. You go study their politics and you tell me if they don't have something ruthless going on in their government. Of course they do. Because in order to, in order to establish power, you gotta, you gotta pursue the whole world. Wherever there's an opportunity for somebody to wake up, which is anywhere in this world, you gotta go after them. And that's not just an African thing. How dare us believe that? And if you have a problem with the, with the creator made, whether it's a white man, a black man, you got a creator with God. Cause God made everything and everybody. And when you say you love God, you love it all. You understand it all for what it is. That is divine reasoning and divine thinking. When you think like a slave, you will accomplish nothing but things out of slavery. Tell me, tell me, if we thought like God's for a change, what could we accomplish? Well, to get some advice from those who act like God today. Your doctors who you think is responsible for your health. Your pharmaceutical companies who you believe is responsible for your wellness. Your, 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 your government, who you believe is responsible for, your, for how you survive. Those who you believe are your gods. Maybe when you stop thinking as another man as your God, you'll be able to really understand on a conscious level who God and what God really is. But all of that is in your way, and yet you proclaim that you know. No, you don't. There is no racism when you know God, because God is all of that. Good, evil, Uncomfortable, comfortable, black, white, yellow, red, brown, dog, cat, water, air, sun, moon, star, alien, UFO, universe. All of it is relevant. All of it is relevant. I'm going to close with this statement. There's a new movie out. Again, another one. 12 Years a Slave. We got rid of that. Let's talk about this real quick. The movie with Ty Diggs and them, Best Man 2 or whatever, Best Man Holiday. I saw a post on my Facebook where they had Tay Diggs, the three of the, the cast members with their women, their real women, not the women that they portrayed with in the movie. I assume it's black women. So they have a picture of circulating around on Facebook with, with these men who really have white women in their lives, these black men, the cast of Best Man 
holiday have white wives for the most part or girlfriends. And so there was a thread in regards to that to point out that fact that this is what they really got as wives <laughs> behind the scenes of the best man cast. So, you know, you got some black people on there that's like, yeah, that's messed up. You know what I'm saying? They got these white wives, they ain't got no black women. Step out of that seat for a second and, th and think about this. Yes, those black men have wives or girlfriends other than black women, right? And you can say, that's a shame, you know, that they're married or if that's your opinion, that they're with these white women. But what do you think white men are saying about their white women? Don't you know that they're on the same side as you? That's why we're more the same than we are different. If I'm right here as a white man looking at the same picture of Tay Diggs and with these white women, and I'm a black man or woman sitting on this side and I'm looking at the same picture, we're both going to have the same argument. We're both going to be complaining if we're racist or inferior or think we're superior. We're both going to have a, a, a complaint about our people dating the opposite race. We're both going to be dissatisfied about that choice and decision. My point is, it's not a white problem. It's not a black problem. It's not a problem at all. Obviously, things are going in the course that it's going because it's supposed to. If you didn't control the social affairs of it and it's happening more dominant than what your complaint is, that means it's meant to be. And the only way that we can control the outcome that we desire for life, let's say you can't control this lifetime because you just don't feel empowered. The best we can do right now, life is DNA. DNA, DNA is powerful. DNA is like this recording right here. It's a recording, it's a tape. It's a tape of your life. When they want to find a killer, they find them by DNA. The recording of who and what they are. Right? The best we can do in this life is live it to the grandest experience, to the highest experience. Because if DNA has anything to do with memory and tape and recording, then the best you can do is live the highest and the happiest way that is meant for your destiny and life path to live. Don't suffer to what society says. How do you feel about life? At purity, without the influences and historical things that taint your thinking. How do you feel about life? Purely, without the interferences of your social networking group. What is your cause? Why are you here? And if you live it, are you happy? And when you record that experience, because so many people die in these streets, incomplete, never fulfilling their goal, never reach their dream, never, ever, ever had the chance to release that trauma that they were dealing with as a child, as an adult. They left up out of here in that ground mad, pissed off. They ain't even resolve it. The last time they, their facial expression before they got shot was this. And that's the memory that they going to go down with. But if we just record it like this, at least, peace, then what do you think this energy will return as? If everything is 360 degrees, it comes back. Peace. When we say rest in peace, we mean that. And the only way we know that we're going to secure resting in peace is if we live in peace. You cannot change things that ain't meant in your design to change. You can only change you. And when we focus on our individual selves, then we begin to infectiously change everybody around us. If they like what we are and we magnetic and it's truth, truth brings people to you without you having to go to them. That's why I'm sitting here today. I didn't call for this. 
I was called upon. Because that's what truth does. Bring the crowd to you. So there's nothing you have to do but raise your vibration. Change your thinking. Open your mind. You know what I'm saying? Make things in a positive light that you want to see for your life by, with understanding why everything is negative. That is meant to be too, to shape and build our character. That is meant to put us to a test to constantly build our spirit to God's status. And if you don't have nothing to challenge you, what are you going against to improve? That is the measure. So you can try to think you can eliminate God's struggle towards you if you want. You can call it the devil all you want. You'll still be talking about God because it's all of the above and it's meant to be here. And if you make peace with it now and today and live according to that truth, you'll vibrate higher and mankind will begin to change. And then mankind will treat nature the way it's supposed to. But as long as we keep thinking like slaves and victims that everybody suffers from, if everybody raises their vibration and understand we are all part of God's premise. We'll, we'll rise and we'll change the polarity of what earth is actually experiencing because everybody to me seems to be more in a downtrodden state as a collective than as in, in a God state. If you want to reflect God, love and understand it all. You don't have to agree, but you must understand. It's a beautiful situation. Peace.
Because no man should die after he's done with you. Think over that. Think over that. What are you doing, black woman? Say that. You dressing up for the funeral. You going shopping for the funeral. That's what you're doing. Because you ain't looking good for nothing else. They're dying. Say that. Say that. So when you see the black woman online with that pose, what she do? What's this? What, is it this pose? What is it, y'all? Is it this? Just tell me, is that it with the selfie? Right? Pigeon toe, right? Everybody pigeon toe, right? Oh, okay. With the bundle. In the bag. Going nowhere. Going nowhere. You wander up there while our men are dying. My girl got hashtag while the black man is in the grave. Baby. The black woman is out of home. That chick is cute. Shut up. How can you rest? How can you be at spring break? How can you be in Atlanta? How can you be partying? Knowing that he's in the grave. Knowing you fled your state to go to Atlanta because they were dying where you're from. Whether you're from Ohio, whether you're from Cali, whether you're from Kansas City, whether you're from St. Louis, whether you're from Texas, but wherever you're from, if you're from New Orleans, if you're from Birmingham, Mobile, they're dying. And let's not talk about the incarceration rate. So when they go on and party in Atlanta, y'all, where they going? What are we celebrating here? Fly for what? Black woman. Fendi, Gucci, nobody should be getting our money as a result in honor and memorial after the paper chase our men have been on and to die over it. Because ultimately the dollar ends at Gucci. Ultimately the dollar ended at Fendi. He was chasing the parade show to impress other niggas. Go ahead, go ahead, Mr. Chase. Our men are currently dead and in jail chasing the parade float to masquerade around other broken people. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. What is he impressing? The creator don't give a shit about none of this. None of this. It's too intense. It made all things possible. Allah made all this possible. And how dare us dishonorably exist down to tracing the parade float to die. Go ahead, go ahead, That's why we on the corner. That's right, Master Since the king's in ever. That's right, go ahead. Projects right over there. That's right. Neighborhoods all around us. In quote unquote poverty. Meaning not having or worthy of European branded items. That's all it meant. The melanin is rich. That's right. Say that. And so black people have in mania taken an idea and concept of what's fly, of what's impressionable, of what's impressionable for others over things that we can't exchange, we can't take to the grave with us, and they dare so don't represent our spirituality. So now instead of us having a conversation about owning homes, 
the best home that the black man has been able to be in, in the city of North New Jersey and Brooklyn and everywhere else, is the funeral home. Go ahead, go ahead. That's right. Go ahead. That's the home ownership, even. Funeral home ownership. And black women dress up for it. Meanwhile, we have the ability, because we raise the children, we're usually single moms, to help him with his credit. I'm going to start closing it in right now, closing it up with this. Black women raise the children. One of the main things that we are concerned with is our credit, right? So why are our sons in jail or our men or our husbands or our brothers are in jail with a 500 credit score? Because you could be using that right now to help build the man up when he come out. Because that's what he's chasing. Something to make him feel worthy or damnable. So if we're going to participate in this matrix and in this system, then help him with his credit. Because credit is attached to consciousness and responsibility. And it's a scoring model and system based on that responsibility. So if you've been a responsible woman, do the right thing. Go get his social security number, his date of birth. Let him be an authorized user on your credit and build him up. So when he come out, he ain't chasing no illusions. Cash has always been fiction. These fools been out here dying over dead notes. That's right. Dead notes. It has no value. And we got Wow, that is um, that is some powerful stuff there. Um, I want to say this, and she mentioned it near the end, where about the credit. Credit means consciousness and accountability. That was that was some of the most powerful speeches that you hear. All right. He said, consciousness and accountability. It should be used in every finance one-on-one class. Why are brothers going to jail with a 500, 400, 300 credit score? It's nothing nice. I have a fair credit score at, was it 630 or 640? I made plenty of mistakes financially, and I don't want people to go the route that I went to. So please, I know you want to live, you want to live nice, but you want to live responsibly. And that's what I want to tell people. Live responsibly. Be responsible. Hold yourself accountable when need be. Like she said, ambition has no color. Power is colorless. It's out there to grab. It's up to your spirit to get up off his ass and get it. You can cure yourself from mental illness. But it's up to you to at least make some kind of start by asking for help. Talk to somebody. See a therapist, a physician, somebody. Get yourself treated. 
eat balanced, nutritious foods that, that you know will help the brain wave. All of it, that ambition starts with you. The ambition to get better starts with you. Yeah. That was the sounds of Kush Nubit behind Deville Productions and my good friend, the beautiful Siasia, the world renowned activist all over the world. Hail from Newark, New Jersey. Much love, much love, much love. And now we're going to be right back. I'm going to tell you the real reason why I left the political podcast. So stay tuned, everybody. Great day, everyone. This is your host, Raymond Ricks II. And I am so happy. I'm so pleased to be talking to you great people here all across the globe, whether you're in um, Italy, Jamaica, Japan, Tokyo, South Wales, Australia, New England, even um, Britain, Los Angeles, San Jose, or even Oklahoma. I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for all of you. Um, now, um, you know, when I was um, watching television last night, I came across CNBC, which I watch from time to time. But they have this um, interesting um, topic that they were talking about this uh, mini documentary of, um, you know, people or, you know, ladies with careers who lived in uh, New York City, um, what they had to deal with and, you know, and how it's, it's a struggle to basically live there. It's a struggle to make it day by day, even if you have a career that pays you very well, that pays you close to um, six figures. All right. If, If you're making six figures in New York City and you're still struggling to pay rent, then that's something that is very alarming and, you know, I try to stay away from politics as much as I can on this podcast that I do, but I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, a lot of people in big cities are more likely to develop stress issues because, hey, it's a big city life. Um, the demands are high at work. Um, when it comes to production, is very fast-paced. If you even one step slower, people will fuss and curse at you. Um, you know, more and more people will be rude to you if you if they don't like what they see in you, whether it's work or out in public. 
Um, it's such a fast, fast, fast pace. Um, you know, but especially work where the stress level is tremendous. It's very tremendous. Um, so here's an article on CNBC. In a little bit, we are going to watch a video. All right. This is on the CNBC website, this article. Um, and you have testimonies about it. Um, New York City rent is notoriously unreasonable. And this year, it hit an all-time high. In June, citywide median asking rent reached 3500 a 35% increase from last year. Manhattan has the highest median rent right now at 4100 But that doesn't mean the other boroughs are ripe with steals. Those who would prefer to rent in the city but don't want to pay astronomical prices set their eyes on Brooklyn and Queens, which is driving up rent prices there as well. Brooklyn and Queens, that is the um, heart of the urban area. Um, you know, some, let's, let's be honest, most of the city is, um, you know, basically urban hood areas. Um, special shout out to you guys, you know, who live there and whatnot. But listen to this. In June, the median asking rent in Brooklyn was 3200 and in Queens, it was 2600 In both Brooklyn and Manhattan, renters are putting more than 50% of their paychecks towards rent. And in Queens, they are allocating more than 40%. This far exceeds the rule of thumb that says your rent shouldn't be more than 30% of your income. These rent prices are a shock to New Yorkers who move here during the pandemic and those who live here long before. You have people like Casey Cleary and her husband have been living in Upper East Side, one bedroom apartment since 2015 and received a $450 rent cut during the pandemic, breaking down to 2000. Recently, though, her landlord informed them that their rent will go up $700. So when we got a new lease increase, we really wanted to talk to the landlord and discuss an option of, can we negotiate a little bit? Or is there any wiggle room? She said, and they just wrote back within 15 minutes saying no, that they already gave us a, pref a preferred rate of that $700 increase. So they were not willing to budge on negotiations at all. All right, you have Ernestine, Side or uh, see you. I'm sorry. Twenty three, moved to the East Village in January, two thousand twenty one, and scooped up an apartment with a roommate. <clears throat> with a roommate when prices were low, so our rent was actually discounted. She says, and our apartment has in unit washer and dryer, which you don't find a lot in New York City unless you're paying a premium. 
This year, the rent almost doubled from $2,250 to $4,395. So right when we received the lease renewal in the mail, we just knew immediately we were not going to do this. After touring three or four places, the two landed a spot in Brooklyn that ended up being $4,400. I basically have decided that I'm just going to have to change my lifestyle a little bit and save where I can. Here's another one. Delma Rosa Anand, 31 years old, moved into her Manhattan apartment in 2020 when it was priced at 1800 in um, 2021, that rent went up to 2400 and this year it increased to 3500 I actually did refresh my page because I thought this was an error, and I looked at the number, and I started laughing because it was so ridiculous. She said, I started laughing because I was like, 3500 3500 3500 like I had to keep saying it out loud to myself because it was such a ridiculous number that I had. was like, this cannot be possible. So this is the city life. Now, this is from, I wouldn't say experience, but here are ways where you can live a big city life, but, you know, try to be stress-free. You know, try to be relaxed. Try to stay relaxed. Because... More likely than not, you see so many people since the pandemic that go to urgent care, that go to get a checkup and their blood pressure is high, their stress level is high, their anxiety level is so high that they have to get medication for it, like I'm getting, you know. So <clears throat> here's one in my view. There's something different, but there's one. Practice yoga. I've said it plenty of times. Find you a nice, quiet place or area where you can breathe, meditate, think of something good, think of something that gets you up in the morning. Think of something that is worth getting up to. Think of something that makes you very happy. All right, that's a part of yoga. Do chakra level cleansing. You know, when you do chakra level cleansing, it basically, you're putting your whole body on reset. Your body is going to be on reset mode because you are able to take the time to spiritually cleanse your mind, heart, body, um, your legs, your limbs, your fingers, your whole body, even your third eye. 
All right. You're not thinking about what happened yesterday because you decide to do a yoga pose. You decide to uh, cleanse your chakras. It's very important to eat the right amount of foods and elevate your chakra levels. Number three, I tell people, find a job away from the big city if you can afford to. If you can afford to, leave the big city. City life is for, um, you know, it's mostly for the, I wouldn't say big ballers, but those who are athletic, those who are in tech companies, entrepreneurs who are making it big. Um, I'm not sure about small businesses who are struggling. Uh, if you're a struggling small business in a big city, it's going to be hard for you to survive, to be honest. I mean, it's not impossible, but you want to find a plan B. You don't want to be stuck in a situation to where, okay, you're stuck with a bill. Find a way to pay it. I don't want people to make the mistakes that I've made. Trust me, I made plenty of them, especially with the student loans, which will take me for the rest of my life to pay, seriously. So um, you don't want to be in too much debt. So I would advise people to migrate out of the big city. If you want to stay in state, that's fine. But try to find a countryside or a quiet side where you're able to make a living. A lot of people who live in Los Angeles are migrating to places like Montana, Texas, Colorado, um, Missouri, Oklahoma, um, South Carolina. I mean, same thing with uh, New Yorkers. I see a lot of New Yorkers are migrating to Virginia, Delaware, Maryland. So big city life is getting played out and people can't afford it. These are the blue state districts. And a lot of people, um, I think it was increased by over 35% are being hospitalized due to stress-related issues. And stress-related Health-related and obesity has become a problem to which their spirituality has been um, diluted. What you eat and put inside your body can dilute your spirit and can dilute your chakra levels. All right, I've been around the beautiful Asia for too long. I'm starting to speak like this. <laughs> Special shout out to my good friend and spiritual advisor, the beautiful C-Asia. Yes, my good friend. I've known her. Um, I follow her for 
16 years, and she was an activist in uh, Newark, New Jersey, and I'm telling you, her words, her work has really opened my eyes and has educated me. I used to be a Christian, a good old Christian boy, but when I've, when I've been around greats like uh, Brian Ogilvie, um, Hondo Solomon, um, the um, progressive black movement at Hampton University, where I used to go to school there, um, the beautiful Ciasia, um great people like them have really opened my eyes and woke me up to what reality really is. So, but here's another way to um, basically survive. I mean, faith base. Faith base, and I'm, I'm telling people, I've said it before, whoever you worship, I don't care if it's Christian, Christianity, Buddhism, Islamic, Catholicism, Jah uh, or Judaism, um, whatever has saved your life, even traditional Buddhism, whatever has saved your life, stick with it. Go for it. Ask your God for help. Ask your God for guidance. Ask your God to help find ways to alleviate all the stress that's come down on your heart, chest, and spirit. Ask for help. It's good to ask for help. I'm not talking about human help, but ask the God of your understanding for that help. It is so huge. It really is. Um, I'm not just talking about New York City, Los Angeles. They're having homeless issues where there are so many homeless people up in Los Angeles. It's like they're known for Hollywood, acting, careers, movies. But the homeless rate is just one of the worst in the nation. My message to the homeless nation. It's going to get better for you. A blessing is going to come for you. All right. You better not give up hope. All right. It might not be. It might look doom and gloom. But trust me. There is a light at the end of the tunnel where. The homeless nation is going to be sitting on top of the mountain. While the rich middle class are going to be looking up and say, how did they get up on the top of the mountain? It's because of their faith in the Creator. They never gave up on the Creator. And the Creator is saying, you know what? No. I'm going to find a way. I am going to find a way 
to bless these people. This ain't no deity that you see on the church walls. This ain't no deity from the Catholic church walls. This ain't a Buddhist statue that you see in the uh, temple. No, this is the creator that is here to help save people who really need help. People who are wanting a change of fortune. People who are vigilant to want to do better. The homeless nation will rise. The homeless nation will be homeless no more. I want the homeless nation to start cleansing your chakra level. And when you cleanse your chakra level, every chance you get, you'll be a new spiritual being. And you will be kings and queens of planet Earth. Just continue to believe in yourself. Continue to love yourself. You're down for a second, but trouble do not last always. All right. I love you guys. I love y'all. I love all of you who are homeless. I strongly believe that you will be homeless no more. Don't give up. Good things are going to happen. Trust and believe me. Trust and believe me. All right. New York City, L.A. is not the only one. Big cities in Britain, Tokyo, um, um, areas in Italy, they have the same problems too. All right. Probably not as severe as in America, but you have, and even in Zimbabwe, even in Kenya, They have issues like this. All right. Not to that severity in New York and Los Angeles. But they have the same issues. So people who are struggling. If you continue to believe in your creator. Develop that awesome relationship. You're going to be fine. You might be down for a second, but trouble don't last always. You're going to see a big, big, big turnaround like you've never like you've never seen before. So just be ready for it. I'm also talking to the homeless nation, too. Just be ready for that big turnaround. The turnaround will be so big, you don't know what to do with yourself. Like, okay, where'd all this blessing coming from? Oh, where all this financial turnaround is coming from and no you don't have to give your life to Jesus no you don't have to be fearful of a guy who says oh Jesus will promise you paradise or Buddha will promise you paradise no 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 this ain't about that this is about real spirituality this is a spirituality movement not a motivational moment. No. There's no such thing as a motivational moment. 
got to be motivated all the time. Even when you are down and depressed and ready to give up and take your own life. You got to find a way to stay motivated. You got to find a way to have that positive spirit that will keep you up above the sun. right so this is segment one segment two i'm going to play you a video of what i've just read this is on cnbc this is very deep so sit back relax and we're going to continue this great podcast called inner visions for obtaining happiness Good morning, everybody, and happy Sunday to the rest of the world. I'm Raymond Ricks II, your host for Inner Visions of the Rare Earth Finding Happiness. Yes, um, being a part of the rare earth is something very unique, but it's very fascinating. Um... You know, all of my life, I've been a loner. You know, I've been a loner since childbirth. Uh, and at first, it, it could be very debilitating. It could be depressing. But as I got, as I've gotten older, and as wisdom started to kick in, I realized that I am very observant of who I want around my circle. Okay, I used to try to attract anybody. Okay, and when I attract certain people, it led to some dangerous situations that I didn't need to be in. And, you know, it cost me time, it cost me money, even cost me my reputation. So when I look back at it, I am grateful than ever before to become a loner. So people say, oh, why, you know, why you don't have any friends? I have a few friends. I didn't say I didn't have any friends. I have a few friends. I just chose to walk alone sometimes, you know, just not only to be safe, but also, you know, because also I'm, you know, very observant around my surroundings. And plus, you have to be careful. Having a million friends can sometimes be dangerous. I mean, it's great to have admirers. It's great. But when it's all said and done, you're going to need your space, your alone time. I need my space and alone time with my wife and son. Because those are the periods where I need to spend time the most. My wife and my son, they mean a whole lot to me. They are, hey, they keep me smiling. They keep me going. I mean, my son is getting big. I'm telling you, just, I'm just grateful to be able to see him grow up. All right. I remember him as a preemie. All right, my son was a preemie, and 
there there were people that even doctors that said that my wife and son had a, it was a high risk that there is a chance that they won't make it. I'm not going. It's like the God of my understanding said, "No, you're not going to bury those two. Is we're gonna pull through it." The God of my understanding, God Himself, saved my wife, saved my son. So my spirituality has kind of strengthened since I've made mistakes along the way being spiritual but along the way I've learned a valuable lesson I've learned each day I learned what it takes to be a man I know what it takes to be a father provider but also a leader yes that's right Yes, I have a beautiful wife and an awesome son. And just coming home to him daily is about the best thing that's ever happened to me. Now that I've gotten that out of the way, I wanted to talk about spreading world peace. And normally I don't get political on my show. But today might be the exception because the message is to spread world peace, not only here in this country, but all around the world. You see, I've seen so many people who have so much money. They think that money carries a whole lot of value and they treat it like a beautiful person. But in all reality, money is just a tool for you to survive and get what you need. Money should not be some kind of idol. We have, we've got to get, we got to get that through our heads. Money should not be an idol. We do need money to survive. We do need money to invest. We do need money to accomplish some things. But we should never... And I mean ever use it as an idol. Okay, money is is not God. Money is not king. Money is not queen. Okay, men, if you are in a relationship or a so-called relationship with a woman and a woman decides, hey, if you want to be intimate, Or if you want to continue to keep me, you have to pay me. See, women, they use money as an idol. They, They think that money is God. And when you come across women like that, which I have plenty of times, the best thing to do is just to distance yourself from them because the love is not organic. Their feelings for you is not organic. Anything that's not organic, you want to distance yourself from it. Fake love doesn't feel good. Trust me. All right. But spreading world peace 
is not impossible. You don't have to like or love each other. But do show that person that respect that you want to show. That uh, I mean, show that person the respect. You want to be respected too. You have to do that to the other person. Even if the person doesn't feel the same way about you. I've seen I've seen massive bombings in different countries. I've seen mass shootings in um, different places in different countries, but I've also seen mass shootings on television in Buffalo, in Uvalde, Texas, in elementary schools and movie theaters. You you're saying to yourself what is going on? Are we at the end of days? Christians are saying we are on our last days. We're not on our last days. We're not on our last days at all. Contrary to what the Christians are saying. It is basically the uh, plot by the um, these so-called um, instigators, these uh, the devil kings creators. That's what I like to call them. The devil kings creators are plotting these next moves. They're plotting these next moves like they are sitting back allowing mass shootings. Massive Domestic violence, rape, incest, and other things of that nature. Um, COVID. Yes, they're putting COVID out there. They're putting COVID out there. Um, they're putting so many other diseases. Now the monkeypox is creeping here in America. This is because the conservative movement is rapidly growing, not among whites. It's growing among blacks. It's growing among Latinos. It's growing among Africans. It's growing among Europeans. It is growing among Cubans. Conservatism is coming back at a full force like never before and I'm figuring they're putting these diseases this type of violence all of this out there to stop the red wave to stop conservatism especially black conservatism okay they don't wor- they don't want world peace. They don't want to see any kind of unity. Because any form of unity can scare off the devil's creation. So like the enemy is working ten times hard 
they're working 10 times hard because if there is a second wave of COVID, like the president is going to say, that is a this that is really a tactic that is a disease that could wipe out more people and more people to create a much stranglehold of the democratic movement this is more about the democratic power than it is about the people uniting All right, and people are looking at me as saying, oh, you're down with white supremacy. I don't support white supremacy at all. It is, it, white supremacy is evil. But we cannot look at it from a racial perspective anymore. We have to get out of that mentality. We got to see it for what it is. We do. All right, because you have people from different races who are plotting major things that's going to go against your best interests. It could be at work. It could be um, at your stores. It could be a it could be at a a casino, a movie theater, a fast food restaurant, whatever. But people on different races, even people who are darker than you are going to start plotting something against your best interest. So the best thing to do is stay organic and continue to spread world peace. Because world peace and world love is powerful than any sort of narcissism, any sort of gossiping, and and any sort of hate. So we must continue to become a peaceful, peaceful world. Because others, they're not going to be peaceful, but you have to stand your ground. You have to stand by your principles. All right. The one thing I hate, I strongly hate, I hate a holy person. Any any man or woman says, they are holy. I I really think that I want nothing to do with you. And what I'm saying is, I know some people who think they're holy or holier than thou. I hate the world. I hate the word holy because the word holy basically really means you have to be something that you're really not. Okay. What I mean is, well, Sun Ra, the great jazz artist, rest in peace to Sun Ra, he said, We all must have a balance. You have to have a good balance, and you have to have a bad balance. If you have all good balances, then you don't have a complete balance. Every single person, even God himself, has a balance. God has a good balance and he has a bad balance. Same as Jesus, same as Buddhism. 
Same as every religious leader. Everybody has a balance. We need that balance to be organic. You can't create world peace without some sort of balance. And you can't be honest with somebody if you if all you have is a good balance. Now it's complicated to some people of what I'm saying. But um, a guy on wisdom named Mike said it best. You have to meet that person where they're at. And if you do that, then you can reach so many people of where they're at. You can meet them under a rock. You can meet them in the bushes. You can meet them in the suburbs, on the street, on the urban areas, at at work, stores. Beat them where they're at. Okay. This is what the creator wants. The real creator, the spiritually great creator that we worship. And if you can inspire and motivate one person to, one, be yourself, love yourself, but look at what talent that they have inside them. Tell them what talent you have. What do you love to do? What do you want to do? And what will it take for you to go after it? See, we focus so much of the negative aspects of a person, but do you ever really want to Look at the positive side. All right, this isn't a black thing or white thing. It's a humanity thing. And a humanity thing is potential. You can only, the universe can only put forth the effort that you put in so if you want things to go right for you you have to put your best foot forward and make it happen because if you sit back and just let it go by then the universe will continue to go past you like nothing ever happened that's how the universe works like June Tyson said the universe is in my voice. The universe speaks through this song to those of us or other worlds. Listen, while you got the chance, find a way among the stars guiding through to other worlds without multiplicity harmony equational everything rise and speak astro black and cosmetol 
and strobe like the other stars astro black and cosmo oh man i love that song i love june tyson she is a she she was a member of the sun raw orchestra she died in 1993 she was the most significant singer in that group she was tall but she was very bold whenever she speaks whatever she speak you have to listen and she is very brilliant much love to june tyson much love Do you know nature is God? Do you know that God is the sun? God is the rain? God is everything that you want it to be. God is nature. He wants you to come out of your box and enjoy it. Enjoy life. Love life. Be life. Love your neighbor. Respect your neighbor. Be world peace. Special love to everybody. Special love to America. Special love to Portugal. Special love to Mexico. Special love to New Zealand. Special love to Denmark, Finland. Um... India, the United Arab Empires. Special shout out to everybody who's listening. Special shout out to everyone all around the world. Because without world peace, chaos will arise and destroy what the Creator has built for you and me. The Creator didn't just make planet Earth for the wealthy no he made it for you so you can grasp all kinds of benefits remember that this is a special message from Raymond Ricks II your host of this podcast and remember make the impossible possible it'll take you to make that effort make it count I love everybody you guys have a happy and safe Sunday bye bye